do we want to start with TV or do we want to start with the movie? Um, your call. Oh, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, let's start with TV. Okay. All right. Uh, so, top five TV shows that we watched last year. Yes. Go with your number five. Okay, number five. Number my number five is uh, Luke Cage season two. Okay. Not on my list. Not on your list. Perfect. Why is it on yours? It's on mine because I didn't watch that much TV in mm. 2018. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so, so of what I watched, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. A ringing endorsement, <laughs> indeed. Um, <laughs> we're off to um, a great start. So we're off to a great start. Anyway, uh, no, totally. And um, so I didn't watch that a whole lot of 2018 TV, but. Um, Luke Cage was definitely, of what I watched, one of my favorites and absolutely um, a highlight for 2018 television. Even though Disney decided to do what they did and cancel it, you know. But um, I have some of the high points here that I enjoyed about uh, season two. Hit me. And uh, one of my my favorite things about all of the Netflix shows that are Marvel-based, but this one in particular, is every time they got real quote-unquote comic booky. Yeah. It was just absolute awesome for yeah. for what a TV show could have been, especially with uh, especially on Netflix, especially with Marvel. They just did a great, great job. I thought Bushmaster was a fascinating villain, and just to see how he played out as a juxtaposition to who Luke Cage is and ultimately turned out to be for for, for that part of the show was just fascinating. Yeah, well, <coughs> something that I really liked about season two was. Uh, where Luke Cage ends up. Exactly. The whole, like, become your enemy thing is is really interesting to me. And the, the fact that, like, in order to maintain control of his city, he literally had to, like, take control of his city. That's kind of badass. That's kind of hardcore, you know? Like, yeah. For, for a, a hero that's trying to make a difference in his community to become the new crime boss, that's fascinating to me. And I, I really wanted to see where they were going to go to after that and yeah, but you know what in all fairness though you know obviously spoilers um, yeah uh, I'll put a spoiler <laughs> we're um, spoiling everything spoiling everything and so you know in all fairness to, to the end of the se- uh, season Luke Cage didn't actually do anything in terms of making any you know any they alluded to it as yeah. him being the you know the new owner or boss of um, of the club yeah so, but it, yeah, of course, it's you, you know, supremely alluded to, you know, um, Mariah, you know, immediately s- tries to square off with him or, yeah. or at least like, you know, warn him of like this, if you're going down this path, you know, I'm going to take you down. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, think about it. Cause like when it, when, when like you have gang on gang warfare all the time, yeah. right? And then you have, at least in the Marvel universe, you have these heroes, uh, especially these street level ones, like the, like the defenders. Yes. You have these street-level heroes that are fighting the good fight, so to speak, on the streets. But, like, what if one of those heroes had their own gang? You know what I'm saying? Like totally. that's that's what, that's what I wanted to see them follow through on this Luke Cage thing. Yeah. Where, like, if he's the new boss uh, of, the, of the club and the staff there is essentially his gang, you know, he's got his enforcers, he's got his whatevers. And, and if his goals are noble... And he's using this gang to achieve... That's fascinating. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I wish they had started the season there because I want to see where that went. True. Very, very true. Um, so, uh, so like all the so again, like kind of back to the the real idea of it when it get when it got real comic booky, you know, Luke Cage fighting Bushmaster and all of the um, like mysticism that went into where Bushmaster gets his powers from, and yeah, um, you know, and just having that you know clash, I thought was probably the the best parts of the show. Um, having um, having Mariah's arc play out. Was both hot and cold for me. I I was cold on Mariah the whole season. Yeah, she was the thing I I, I enjoyed the least on that. Gotcha. Season. Yeah, and I agree. I think um, and I think that and the biggest thing was that was the through line of the entire uh, yeah, season. It, so it was it, kind it of shouldn't have been. That's what made it re- really like hot and cold. It really shouldn't have been here before it. <clears throat> yeah, it really shouldn't have been because they they did that thing again where. They did it in in season one, and they did it on Daredevil season two, where there's like two big storylines, one for the first half of the season, <coughs> and one for the latter half of the season, and and maybe that's a response to them having too many episodes to fill. They have thirteen episodes, and ev- almost every season of a Marvel Netflix show felt like it could have been a ten episode series. They got stretched to thirteen, yeah, with few exceptions, and so like. The fact that they did it again, they gave you those two big halves. Like, <clears throat> the first half with Bushmaster was awesome. It was so much fun. Bushmaster was fascinating. Like, f- for me, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't reach my list <coughs> because of Mariah mm-hmm. and the sort of, like, elongated story that they were telling that could have been a lot tighter True. and shorter. Um I don't know. I, I I never felt that Mariah was that compelling or threatening, and I didn't understand why she was so difficult for Luke Cage to deal with. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. just go like this, just flick just her on the forehead, pluck her, <laughs> literally, literally flick her with your finger on the forehead. She's knocked out cold. She's probably in a coma for months. <laughs> You're done. You've got six months of clean streets, <laughs> and when she wakes up. She's like in a mental institution or something, and like she can't get out. Just, le- just, she's not difficult to deal with. Why are we like so wrapped up in this Mariah thing? And I feel like it was only a big deal because of her original connection to um, uh, Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. But Cottonmouth was a more compelling villain, and he just should have been. He should have been the Wilson Fisk of that series, and he should have stuck around and and, and gotten bigger and bigger, and and. And more and more of a threat for Luke. Like, they yeah. had gold, and they killed him halfway through season one. I know. It made, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Um, yeah. Of the of the Marvel uh, Netflix show, Luke Cage wouldn't be the one that made my list. But like you said, you didn't watch a lot of TV last year. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, but of what there's I a watched, lot, there's a lot. There's a lot to love in that season, though. There exactly. Really and that's, why, and and that's why I made my top five. And it's better than season one. Oh, uh, absolutely! By a lot, hand over fist. Yeah, yeah, by a lot. It's it's way better than season one. Cool. Anything one of the, else for, for your number five? Yeah. Last thing yeah. Um, was I loved what they did. Um, you know, with the with the music aspect of it. You know, that was a huge. That's a huge part of what you know made Luke Cage special. I think. Yeah, it made both I, seasons special. Both, exactly like their connection to the music. And so um, I just I loved how like they incorporated. Um, 
music more in in like all of the scenes to make it um to make the just the, the pieces accent better off of the scenes right um so i just love i just love that part of it overall i thought um i thought they leaned into it appropriately and mm. not too much because they very much could have leaned into it they could have over everything yeah. yeah um you know and that's i you know perhaps that's a, a bit of an opinionation but like at the same time you know that's i really thought it was uh, quite good quite quite good that's probably the the what i would say is the best thing about those two luke cage seasons is the music and that every time they go to the club yeah and there's an act on stage i was always like yeah i'm in like let's do this, this absolutely Right on, right on. Yeah. So that's my number five. Okay. Uh, my number five is A Quiet Place. No, wait, that's the movies. Good Place. Spoilers for the movies. Spoilers. The Good Place. <laughs> the, the Good Place is uh, my number five. Have you seen any of The Good Place? Unfortunately, no. It's outstanding. Um, if, if you're ever in the market for a really cool sitcom, mm-hmm. um, this is a, a very unique... It's not, a, a, you know, it's not one of those sitcoms that has an audience or a laugh track. You know, it's it's a it's a single camera show, okay. and uh, it's a. Do you know anything about it? Do you know what it's about? Yes, I actually do. I've I've heard some stuff about it, and it, it was fascinating what I heard. I just haven't had a chance to jump. Yeah. In. So the basic idea is, uh, your main character, uh, Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. she wakes up and realizes that she has died, and uh, this is the afterlife. And she's welcomed there by this guy named Michael. And Michael explains to her what happened, how she died, and you know where she is now. And it's called The Good Place because according to Michael, there are two places. There's the bad place and there's the good place. <laughs> and you're you in the do good the math. Place. Yeah. yeah you're, you're in the good place. So it, it was one of those things where like her first question was, am I in heaven or hell? And his response is, the, you know, that's, that's like one interpretation. But like every, every religion got a little bit right. Every religion got like a little bit right, but no religion got it all right. And so like, to broad terms, this is the good place. <laughs> and so like, I, I, I love it because what you soon find out, the whole premise of the pilot episode is that uh, this, this, uh, <laughs> this person that you're following since the beginning of the episode, at some point admits out loud to somebody, I don't. I don't belong here. I'm not supposed to be here. Wow. I was a really shitty person. And I, I, I know for a fact that I'm not supposed to be in the good place. And so a mistake must have happened. And here I am. <laughs> and I don't want to get caught and sent to the bad place. And I'm admitting this to you. So now you're culpable as well. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so it's the idea of this, like, this little cancerous cell being introduced into heaven and then it just spreading, right? Yeah. So, like, so, and the entire show is all about philosophy and, like, what is right and what is wrong and what is moral and, and immoral. And, uh, and, and all wrapped around this hilarious cast of misfitty characters. Uh, and, and, you know, Michael is played by Ted Danson and he's perfect. Like he's, he steals every scene he's in and I, it's hard to say that out loud because then he's got this assistant, Janet, who's essentially a, a, an AI, you know, a, a robot. Yeah. And Janet, she's like, she's like the Siri of heaven. Right, so like you call Janet and you're oh like, God. hey, you know, I I want vanilla ice cream, and then boom, vanilla ice cream appears in your hands, right? So Janet is I forget the actress's name, uh, but she steals every scene that she's in. 
And so, like, it, it, the whole cast is a cast of actors that just steal every scene that they're in. <laughs> so no matter who's on screen, you're laughing, you're, 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 you know, entranced by all the philosophy talk. And it's just a really fun watch with a lot of uh, mind and heart behind it. That's fantastic. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's light, you know, it's light and it's fluffy and it's funny, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't ever get like real, like Breaking Bad heavy or anything like that. It's, okay. it's a fairly fun ride. Um, nice. And then there's a really nice twist towards the end of season one that makes you go like, wait, what, what show am I watching? Like, this is changing now again. It's pretty cool. Every season has its own flavor. It's, it's great. I highly recommend it. Nice. The Good Place. Okay. So, <clears throat> my number four uh, is yeah. House of Cards, the final season. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you watch the final I, season? I did watch the final okay. season. I did watch it, yes. I, I'm a huge House of Cards fan. Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm because a... so am I. Yeah. And here we go. <laughs> um, House of Cards. So, what I really, what I really, what really stuck out to me <clears throat> in, uh, in this season was the fact that through the controversy. The real world controversy. The real world controversy surrounding the actor who plays Frank Underwood. Yeah. Okay. So, ultimately, they didn't waver. They didn't waver in what... They didn't change up characters, like existing characters, right. to fill a void, right? They acknowledged it. All of the <clears throat> the entire season, in my opinion, was a commentary of that. Like all of the all of the quips and the 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 comments were very on the nose and had you know double and triple meanings and stuff. Right. So it was it, that part of it. What they didn't what. You know what? What they could have done was they could have done all those things, make changes, and try to fill a void. And you know the writing could have maybe not have been as clever, and you know characters would have been off putting. They could have done all of those things, but they didn't. And I really enjoyed that part of it, <clears throat> just to know the package you were getting. But you know, I thought it was so. I thought it was a really good, really great, actually standout season, even though through that controversy, Robin Wright's Claire was for my money the best she's ever been uh but rightfully so she had to she had to star the 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 entire season yeah it was on her shoulders all of a sudden exactly and so that part of it just that a, a, a true testament to who you know uh robin wright is as an actor actress actor um and you know her her character claire um in the show and i thought that was really really good um one of the other things is the kind of the kind of on the the shorter side was the subplots mm. um the family that she had to deal with i realized they were created you know for that season to explain things that you know um they had to do uh, amidst everything but like the family aspect of it for me ultimately was stale um they didn't really resolve much of it um, you know, obviously spoilers the way, you know, the way the season ends, mm. she fucking kills um Doug. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And I was like, "Oh, that seems kind of That was a weird end for me." Yeah. I I didn't know how to feel about that because <clears> I, <throat> I I I almost wanted to see Doug kill her. And the fact right. the fact that That's it, what I thought was Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. was going to happen. And so for it to but at the same time I give them credit for 
for giving you this sort of open-ended, unexplained ending where it's almost like the end of Sopranos where you're just like, wait a minute, what happens next? Mm. You know, like the show is over. I'm never getting any more of this and I want to know what happens next. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's what I thought was fascinating. It's ballsy. Exactly. Um, so, you know, like those, the main plot point between her and closing out the presidency and killing Doug. Well, she didn't, I don't think she closed it out, but they were like in the next phase of it. Right. So those points were really strong. And I, and I thought that, um, I thought that all of that just played out really, really well. The subplot with the family and, you know, um, just that just seemed awkward at best. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I, I, I feel like, um, I feel like doing that season without Kevin Spacey and all on, on Robin Wright's shoulders mm-hmm. was immensely risky. Uh, I wouldn't have done it. I, I think I would have even been very happy with it having ended where it had ended the previous season. Sure. And just them not coming back after this Kevin Spacey thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but... They they did a lot of cool stuff with, you know, what they had, so to speak. You know, they were they were left in a really really difficult position, and they were already going towards like they they ended the previous season with her stepping into the Oval Office, right? You know, so like first of all, that's a great like endpoint right there. Yeah. If if you never got any more than that moment, that's that's fine, but. If you do get more, she was already in that position. So it, it wasn't that jarring to like come in and have her be the, the lead. Oh, totally. But it was really <clears throat> jarring for me for him to have already been dead. And I know, obviously, the actor got fired. You're not going to shoot anything else with him. Like, I get it. But I wonder if they, if they could have done something. And, and, and I, again, like, I don't necessarily have a better way to do it. I just... I just it felt very, very much like an open wound where they were pointing at it going, yeah, this sucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everybody, including the, 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 the filmmakers over there, agree that it really sucks that, that he had to be a fucking monster. <laughs> because if he hadn't right. been a monster... We'd get We'd more have... awesome House of Cards. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really... And... House of Cards is a show that it 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 was very very important for me. It was the first Netflix show. I was there the day that it launched, and I hit play. Yep. And I witnessed the world change forever. I know, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, here is an entire season of television, all at once. Boom! Thirteen episodes just dropped in your lap with no warning. And if you want to, you can just sit here for 13 hours and watch it straight through as one big movie. Yep. When has that ever been possible before with a brand new show? You know, not something that's released on DVD a year after it came out on on TV. This was a new thing. And so, like, I was in right away from that. And then I was also in right away because... The the whole breaking the fourth wall thing and talking to the audience. Yes. It was, at the time, a, a, a real big risk because when it had been done before, it usually comes off as cheesy. It You know, we didn't have Deadpool yet. 
Like mm-hmm. we we were we were in, in a point where that could have wrecked the entire thing. That could have destroyed the whole show for a lot of people. Right. And yet it worked. And <clears throat> you weren't sure why it worked. It just mm-hmm. did. And then like around season three, I realized why it worked for me. And it's because for me, I'm not watching a person be a politician. Yeah. I'm watching the story of what if the devil came to earth ha <laughs> and decided to run for president <laughs> oh god you know what i'm saying yes frank underwood <laughs> to me was the antichrist he was he was the devil he was this demon thing this embodiment of evil yeah that was vying for power and that is terrifying and the fact that he could break the fourth wall that it reinforces that idea for me because it just gives them this this almost godlike ability, this almost you know a su- supernatural ability, right? To look outside of his own existence at the viewers watching him, right? Know what I'm saying talk to them, and then at the end of I want to say it was season four when Claire looks at the camera and she's like, "I knew you were there the whole time." Yeah, yeah. And or or before no before that before that, she like she had the first time that she spoke to the camera, but she had the first time that she looked at the camera, which was at the it was a season finale. Yeah, I want I again I want to say it's season four. <clears throat> it might have been three. I'm not sure. Where they were dealing with like a, a terrorist situation, mm-hmm. you know, in the situation room, and Frank makes the call. That results in a lot of people dying, and it's this really like heavy, uh, in- incredibly powerful moment where a president has to make this horrendous decision, and where another president might have struggled with it, he just he he did it like it was nothing, and he looks at the camera, you know, as it's zooming in on him, yeah. sitting there on, at the table with his wife next to him, and he's looking right at the camera, and then she turns and looks at the camera too. And it's just this really like powerful moment where her gaze catches yours for the first time, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah." <laughs> and and Frank says, "We don't fight the terror; we make the terror, right. or something to that effect." Yeah. And it cuts to black, and that's the end of the season. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that one was gripping, dude. Yeah. So like, I see shit like that, and I'm like, "He's the devil," <laughs> and holy shit. She's the wife of the devil. Like, it's not like she's another person that he's corrupted. No, she's as bad as him. Yeah. She's as powerful as him. She's as capable as him. We've seen him throw another person in front of a train. He has murdered with his own hands. She's capable of the same things that he is. And so, like, the the fact that she breaks that fourth wall and, and it brings her into this supernatural place that he's been in for so many seasons... I'm saying that show is incredible to me. So that's why the the last season didn't didn't quite resonate as much with me. Mm-hmm. Or it did, but negatively. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was really affected by it, but not in the way that I was hoping. <laughs> because I True. was I was coming back for like the end of one of my favorite shows. True. And I was getting a different show that was dealing with the end of my favorite show. Ah. It was this, just as you said that they, yes. that that you know the Kevin Spacey thing was front and center for them throughout the whole season. It was it it was almost a, the story of the season was almost a commentary on that you know event, 
that is what took me out of it. You know what I mean? Ah. I almost <clears throat> wish that they hadn't leaned so so heavily on it. But the fact that it worked for you and, and it you know that it was a very divisive season. Agreed. It was a very divisive season. There was a lot of people that were in love with it and they get it and it was a fond farewell. And then for people like me who loved the first season so much, it, it was a little it was a little difficult to get through. Gotcha. I was happy it was shorter. It was a short season. What was True. it, like eight episodes, something like that? Uh, I, I yeah, I, I think say that sounds about right. I want to say it was about eight episodes. Yeah. And, and so that's another thing was that I didn't check how many episodes it was ahead of time. I just hit play. <laughs> and so I got to the part where she kills Doug and I'm like, holy shit, what's going to happen next? And then I realized, oh, that was the finale. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, like just when I was like, oh shit, this season is getting good. Yeah. Then I was like, ah, oh, it's over. <laughs> Those rat bastards. Totally. Right on. Anything else for House of Cards? I think uh, I think that's pretty much it uh, for this one. You know, uh, House of Cards is one of those shows that you know, like, is we pretty much said everything that yeah. we could have said about it. And it was well, great. dude, in any other season, it would have been on my list. Totally, okay. any other season would have been on my list. Fair enough. It didn't make it onto there this this time, but uh, goddamn, that was a good show, man. No doubt. Yeah, it, it's it, when he when he kills uh, what's her face in, with the train. That was like episode, I want to say episode one of season two. And you were like, wait a minute. Well, no, that was the finale of season one. No, no. When he kills her, it was the start of season two. Was it? Yeah. I feel like they played it as a re. No, it was a a big deal because I remember it being a big deal because, uh, you know, obviously she was such a big part of season one. So true. And then you start season two and she's turning on him. It's the first episode of season two and she's starting to turn on him. And uh, and she's getting desperate and she's bugging him a lot and he's starting to like pull back from her and you get this feeling like oh that this season it's gonna be them two against each other it's gonna be the verses and then he literally kills her in a second at the very end of the episode throwing her in front of that train yeah and you were like holy shit what is this season about like right. the. the the vice president just murdered somebody. Like, what the fuck is going on? And by the end of that season, he's knocking with his rings on, on the desk yeah. in, in the Oval Office. And that moment was just so powerful. Yeah, You're like, was. holy shit. Once you know how evil he is, yeah. and you see him get more and more powerful, you're just like, Jesus. <laughs> and, oh, and the most terrifying thing about that show was the Obama quote. Where somebody asked him if he does ever get time to just sit around and, and watch some TV. And he's like, I, I do make time to watch House of Cards. And they go, really? That's interesting that that's the show that you watch. When oh, you, yeah. You work in politics. Why, he, why do you watch a show about politics? Yes. Like, and he said, because it's like real. Yes, exactly. That's what it's really like. And I'm like, don't tell me that, dude. Oh, no. Like, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. That's so scary. <laughs> I heard there was a there was a thing where uh, one of the, I can't remember if it was the press secretary or the uh, secretary of state, but someone said that like they don't allow House of Cards in the White House like anyone to watch it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> For, they didn't say why. I don't remember if they said why, but it's like oh my god, 
this is so close to actual realness. Yeah. Fuck me. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's a really scary thing. Right? Like the way that the, a lot of them have this uh, this chief of staff like character. Yes. That that they send out on these like crazy missions to like like people die, dude. It's fucked up. I know. <laughs> People's lives are destroyed and and it's all for them to just get more and more power. It's so scary. That's yeah. So any other season that that show would have been on there. Fair enough. Okay. okay, my number four, uh, I am going to choose Better Call Saul for this one. Ooh. Better Call Saul is my number four. It's not higher on the list than it is because um, all of this season could, could easily be higher on my list. This season was outstanding. Uh, I nice. had, it, it, it stumbled a little bit in the middle for me of season three. Okay. Where I had to actually walk away from it and come back later. Because, You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. But I did come back. Okay. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I could tell you about that if you want. But I did come back. Uh, and, and season four is, is just outstanding. And the way that it ends like fills me with joy because I'm like, Saul's here. Oh, like, wow. We, we, it, it's, and it's funny that it's season four finale because... Breaking Bad season four finale ended with Walter White saying, I won. And you're like, oh shit, there's nobody to challenge Heisenberg anymore. Yeah. So next season is Heisenberg full force. He's always been kept in check by somebody above him. There's no one above him anymore. Right. What the fuck is going to happen next? <laughs> so that's why I'm so excited about better, next season Better Call Saul. Because it ends with him basically saying... I'm not Jimmy McGill anymore. I am Saul Goodman. And you're just like, bring on season five. Nice. Saul Goodman's here. We've been building up to this. And, and, and the flash forwards to him after the events of Breaking Bad where he's changed his identity and he works in a Cinnabon. Yeah. And his name is Eugene, I think, or something like that. Gene. His name is Gene. His name is Gene. And it's like, I, I'm so nervous every time we go to one of those scenes yeah because better call saul is a prequel we know that he survives the events of better call saul to make it to breaking bad but those flash forwards are post breaking bad so i don't know what happens at the end of those interesting see what i'm saying so it 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 has this unique way of doing a prequel yeah where it's still giving you new story that takes place after the original season, the series, and in that way avoids that usual pitfall of a prequel where you don't feel any urgency for the characters. Right. You know, when I watch Solo, a Star Wars story, I am not worried that Han and Chewie aren't going to make it out. <laughs> I know that they make it out. Obviously. You know, <laughs> that scene where they're on the train and they're hanging off the side of a train and here comes the mountain and oh my God, we're going to die. I'm yawning. Because, because I know they're not going to die. Yeah. There's no urgency there at all. Yeah. So that's that's usually the pitfall of a prequel with me. And in this case, they're able to, to avoid that because they're giving me those gene scenes where I'm like, holy shit, did he just have a heart attack? What the fuck's going on? And then like they take him to the hospital and but he's not Gene. He's Saul. And like, what if he gets found out? He, like he's connected to Heisenberg. Heisenberg was a huge thing. Like, yeah. all of that happens in my head <laughs> when Gene hits the floor. You know wow. what I'm saying? So, For sure. So it's, it's, it's amazing to be able to watch a prequel and still not know how it ends. That's crazy. 
crazy. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta give your hats off to them for pulling that kind of shit off. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. Absolutely. I yeah, I agree. I think um Better Call Saul, you know, is one of those shows, like you said, just, you know, gives you both sides of it. Um and that's true and that is truly what's fascinating about the show. I love seeing like the little spurts of Saul Goodman in Jimmy McGill all the way through. Um, you know, from season one with the billboard and the um, and him kind of like picking out the um, the the kids who are trying to like sucker him into like paying him a bunch of money and stuff. Yeah, it's like Saul Goodman light. Yeah, it's like uh, it's 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 the stepping stones that lead to the giant staircase that lead to Saul Goodman. You know what I'm saying? Like for sure, you, you can like you're saying like you can see those aspects of Saul in the, in those moments yeah. because. He put, he pulled off some capers in, in Breaking Bad. Man. Exactly. Like he was big time at that point. He knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. Right. He always knows a guy. <laughs> like how do you meet all those guys? Exactly. How bad are you? You know, the first time that we meet Saul in Breaking Bad, yeah. um, the, towards the end of the episode, uh, Walt and Jesse have him on his knees out in the desert, threatening to kill him. Right. You know, and if he doesn't do this thing for Badger. And before he figures out who they are, he thinks they're cartel. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I'm always a friend of the cartel. It's Ignacio. That's the guy you want. And, and you're like, Saul, what are you wrapped up in? <laughs> so many things. You know, then Walt starts coughing and he figures out who they are. And, but then you're like, wait a minute. No, go back, Saul. Go back to that cartel stuff. What's going on there? So I can't wait to see what they do with that kind of shit on, on Better Call Saul. There's so many possibilities. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're no, you're fine. You're fine. No, and that's and so the it's those little pieces that were just you know that make the show and it's truly fascinating why I enjoy it so much. Um, you know, my um, one of my favorite things was just him pulling off like what looks like could have been a caper, but is actually like a really smart thing. Like back when the other. Um, one of the other seasons where he gets his brother in his fucking lie. Right. Well, well, maybe what they thought was a lie or something. Was like, it was both a caper and like a really smart, just like, I'm, I outsmarted all of you. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Dude, that, that. The, the brilliantness of that was the, fantastic. Yeah, this little like making a typo thing. Yeah. Like he basically just created a typo that didn't previously exist. <laughs> and that was this little thread that he pulled on to unravel a sweater. It was nuts the way he did that. Yeah. That was genius. That was genius level work, man. For sure. Uh, so I can totally I can totally see that with uh with that with with what you had there. And yeah, I can to- absolutely see why. Um personally speaking, like I said, I didn't watch a whole lot of TV, so I got to jump back in and and grab uh this season of Saul. But like again, it's a prequel. You know what's happening, so it's not real there's nothing really spoilery. You know, yeah. For like, you know, for him and Mike yeah. both, you know that they and Gus. Oh, once yeah, Gus becomes a part of the of the show, it's like I know that they come out okay. Yeah. But at the same time, you'll have characters like Nacho, that are new just to Better Call Saul. Right. And the fact that he's not in Breaking Bad makes you wonder well does that mean that he dies in this show does that mean that he goes off and does something else so like what like his story is very open yeah and uh full of possibilities and so like i don't know like i, I just feel like they they dance on that line very well 
you know, it's hard to make a good prequel. Prequels tend to suck. Yes, there's not a, there's not a lot of prequels that make you like stand up and cheer, man. And, <laughs> and this is one of them. Now, the reason that I walked away from it in season three yes. and had to come back was because there there's an episode in that season here where Mike and Gus stand face to face for the first time, and it was. It was, you know, such a momentous occasion for the fans to see them come together for the first time, make a deal, shake hands, you know, Mike and Gus. But I'm watching that scene and it fell flat for me because everything Mike was saying was exactly what I thought he would say. And everything Gus was saying was exactly what I thought he would say. <laughs> and then every time that they would butt heads on a on a decision, they were conflicted by exactly what I thought they would be conflicted by. They wrestled with it just exactly as long as I thought they would wrestle with it. <laughs> it was predictable. And then they made the decision that I knew they were gonna make. And and when that's <laughs> When that scene ended, and I was like, this is supposed to be such a huge moment for me, and it's not, and that sucks, and that pisses me off, and does that mean that they've lost it, and they can't do it anymore? And I walked, I walked away. I stopped watching that season until I got curious enough and came back. Uh, and that season's great. Aside from that one scene in that one episode, it's a great season. <laughs> But that one scene was so flat took that it, it. it just, it, I took me right out of it. Wow. Suddenly I was so aware that I was watching a prequel that I knew exactly what was going to happen, you know. And then, and then they come back in season four and, and, and shock me with some of those gene scenes. And I'm like, fuck, like, I, can't, I can't say this is a prequel anymore because it's technically not. Like, I'm seeing future stuff here. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> Nice. Seeing Jimmy become Saul, though, is, has been such an interesting journey. Uh, you know, it's it's so cool that they were able to take that formula of a, a show um, centered around change and changing one act, one character into another. You know, Walt into Heisenberg, and you know they 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 were able to do it again with Jimmy to Saul, and I've been riveted the entire time. You know, it's been great. Absolutely. I think that's it for me on Better Call Saul. You have yeah. anything to add? Um, no, I think you kind of, I think you kind of wrapped it up pretty well um, where they are now and where they intend to go. Yeah. So, totally. Season five. I I don't know if it's going to be the last season, but it it should be. I think if there's a trend, if there's anything to learn from Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. Get get out while you're ahead. Give us a, a great season five. Show us Saul unleashed, and uh, and just. You know, explain to me what the hell happens between him and the cartel, because uh, he was really fucking scared <laughs> in that scene in Breaking Bad, and I want to know why. And other than that, that's it. Like I'm, I think it's gonna be great. Nice. I hope they end it with season four, with season five. Um. Okay. So my next one is um, uh, Titans, DC Titans. Titans. So, did you watch season one? I've seen episode one. Okay. 
And it did not make me want to watch episode two. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) But I do hear that it gets a lot better. And I do intend to go back and give it another shot. I usually give shows five episodes. Okay. uh, when When I feel they deserve it. I give them five episodes, and if by the end of the fifth episode I'm not in, then I'm not in. Okay. But, so I haven't given this show its fair five episodes yet. Gotcha. I, I still intend to do that. Okay. Um, so I will watch it, regardless of what you say about it. Okay. I will be watching it. Gotcha. However, why is it on your list? It's on my list. <laughs> uh, it's on my list. So, it's on my list because the... Uh, because free, of a bunch feel, of things. Feel free to spoil stuff because this show is not near and dear to my heart, so okay. I'm not worried about spoilers. Fair enough. Speak um, freely. Okay. The visuals, first of all, are fantastic. I think they did a great job, even though it's like rated R Berlantiverse. Um, and, you know, if, if you've seen Arrow and Flash and, and all of those, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's uh, that's PG Berlantiverse. Right. Even, so the visuals were fantastic. I think they did... <coughs> A great job of every character they introduce. And this is an entirely new show, so, you know, by and large, every character in it has not been on television before. Besides, um, you know, besides, like, you know, your your Robins and stuff like that. Right. Um, So, I, just for the, just for the sheer spectacle of it, and I'm such a huge DC fan, like, I I needed to watch it. And um, at the end of it, I was... I, I was conflicted in the best ways. Um, so, in my opinion, the way they uh, the way they ended it, it's essentially nowhere to go but up. Um, and, you know, it's like they were setting up, they set up, they had, a, they had one of those things where they had a lot to do where they set up uh, other things. Um, and uh, halfway through the season, you get a very awesome episode with, Do- with uh, Doom Patrol. Halfway through the season, so... Like, I would say maybe episode four or five in. Oh, good. Yeah. Because I'm giving it five episodes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give it a... Yeah. Um, I want to say it's like episode four or five. And uh, that... All of those characters and how they interact together is so organic. And it just worked. It just worked. And I thought that um, that was one of the big highlights of the season. Um... Hawk and Dove were fascinating to watch. Um, it was almost like it was almost like a Joker Harley Quinn situation, but oh. like light. Okay. Like he didn't like he doesn't beat her or anything, but he's like a hard living individual, and she just loves him no matter what. You know. Yeah. That's that's what Hawk and Dove were, and I thought they were just fa- fascinating to watch. I love how many um, I love how many different connections that uh, Dick Grayson has, um, and you get to meet some of them, which is super cool. Um, and seeing just seeing it live action, you know, a DC show that's not a Batman, that's not a you know a Superman or something else. Now I do hear that Batman becomes a factor in this show, though. Yes, yes, but here's that's the... also why I might come back. <laughs> ah. Well, I I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to burst any bubble. Okay. Um, but, but you're gonna... I'm gonna burst the bubble. <laughs> so, the season is so telling exactly where the, where they're gonna go and what they're gonna do. Okay. That it's not really a surprise. Um. And when you watch it, it's like, yeah, 
I believe this implicitly. This is exactly the entire series, the season, um, is focused around becoming of Trigon. Okay. So when it gets to the end of it, you kind of already know where they're going. Like it's there's no what they could have done. Like they the way they shot it and the way it was presented was just you know just foreshadowing. So it wasn't really a surprise of the characters that were in it, and because of that. It, you get you get like the pieces of like a Batman where it's a tease and it's what that's what it is. It turns out to be such. So, um, the specifics of what happened, um, you know, where so, because we're spoiling it. Um, they're at a house that is a is like a, a um, it's it turns out to be the mother of Raven's house and uh, Raven's mom. <clears throat> is secretly a Trigon uh, worshiper still. Um, in other stories, she's after she has Raven, she goes to um, um, a church that has nothing to do with Trigon. So gotcha. they make it so that you know she brings him in, and he comes through a mirror, and it's you know it's uh, it's a, it's it's Trigon in his human form. But right when he does that. Um, Trigon puts this like illusionary bubble around the house and uh, Robin and Starfire you know not no just Robin jumps right into um, the, the illusion so the entire last episode is this Trigon illusion and then the very end of it when they come out of the illusion it's you know it's Raven getting ready to stand up to her father and then you see a demoned out uh, Robin and you don't know if if that's part of the illusion gotcha. or not so the entire episode is about how Batman is going around killing people well they gotcha. never show Batman they show him being a badass yeah you know they show a person in a cape and it's, it's some stunt man um, or a couple or a stunt team um, in different bat and they move fast and it looks like you know Batman's totally amazing and stuff but he doesn't talk um, there's no real acting going on there Wait, and so he's I'm sorry. Be... Are you suggesting that there's like a scene where Batman is jumping across rooftops and doing badass yes. shit, and it's a team of stuntmen making it look like one dude is doing all that stuff? Because that sounds awesome. <laughs> well, it, well, it, I mean, the actors who are in the costumes are all stunt people, so yeah, it just yeah. you know, yeah, it's basically like a team of things. So it, it's it's all one person as they sh- as they shoot it, but I imagine it was a bunch of people. Yeah, I, I've always uh, I've always said that they came close with Ben Affleck, but uh, I still I have always said that we still haven't seen the comic book version of the physicality of Batman on screen. Ah, you know okay. the way that he'll like jump into a room and like literally like hop over people's heads and and take out a whole room of bad guys like (laughs) without hitting the floor and shit like that you know like the way that he's that much of a ninja yeah like we haven't really seen that yet just like we haven't really seen him be the greatest detective in the world yet that's true so um so it's the same it's the same thing you know what i'm saying it's seeing a, a, a group of stuntmen 
all work together to make it look like one dude, Batman, is right. doing a bunch of crazy shit. That would be really cool. Like to, <laughs> to you know, a one shot where it doesn't cut, where you're just looking at a... Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah totally. Like, the camera's down in an alley looking up at, you know, the buildings. And, and there's a bunch of buildings, all different heights. And all you're seeing is... Batman doing flippies off the fucking rooftops <laughs> and you know swinging from one thing to another with his grappling hook and right. you know just being badass crazy Batman <laughs> and it's like it's like nine stuntmen all in costume all doing things perfectly timed yeah. but it looks on camera like it's one dude doing the most incredible thing you've ever seen yeah that would be pretty cool um so <laughs> Titans. So in Titans, though, <laughs> you know, um, so one of the so one of the things that fell flat for me though was the uh, the villain the in my opinion it was a um, it was an entire army of Trigon but like it didn't in my they I guess was it, it like a hive mind kind of thing no no it was the worshippers of Trigon um, okay. it was the cult of Trigon but like. I don't know the the menacingness of the villainy didn't come across as I would have thought gotcha. like a cult like group should have been this like this like doom and gloom like it's like they they say they're being followed but they're superheroes I don't I don't buy it mm. um so just the people coming after them was fine enough but like the the magical like cosmic level of what Trigon you know is in terms of magic and power and all that stuff didn't really come in until the very end and I guess maybe that was just a story choice they went with but the menacingness of you know overall in season one with this like overarching villain was you know it didn't seem as much of a dreaded thing uh, but perhaps you know um, when they move into the next season um, you know they'll have more they'll have more to play with hmm. Um, so I thought perhaps the vil- the villain could have been more menacing, and I and to a degree like some of it was really good um, as far as like a strong villain, but like it, they always kind of immediately jumped right out of um, danger in terms of like you know if Robin became in trouble then like he would get saved immediately or uh, or the Jason Todd you know would save him or you know other things they would they would all always kind of be right behind each other and they were powerful enough to overcome any um any like evil part evil characters in the that they were up against whether it be the trigon cult or you know whatever what version of jason todd is in this uh well there's um hmm i guess the i guess a a a live action version of what half of what he was as Robin and then the attitude more towards what he becomes um, through story. So it's kind of right there. Gotcha. Yeah. Like they're they're playing with his morality and shit? Yes. Gotcha. Cool. <clears throat> cool. But he's Robin. Yes. At this point, he became Robin for, I, I don't remember, it was several months, maybe one year. Um, so he's still very new at it. Interesting. Um, yeah. Right on. Yeah. Jason Todd might give me a stick around. How big of a part does he have in this? In he this has story? he has two parts. Um, he, you know, he gets Dick out of danger, and um, so two appearances. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I guess he showed. 
Yeah, so he shows up at the very last moment of one episode, um, and then the entire next episode is is him and um, is him and Dick, and you know they they're doing their you know investigatory things. Right. <clears throat> and then he shows up for a like an opening period in the very last episode. Gotcha. So that's where um so that's where he comes in but he comes in at pivotal points gotcha. so it's definitely worth a jumping on and off point yeah cool um so yeah titans is uh titans was really really good you know um considering that i am not a great huge fan of the Berlantiverse uh pg but like <laughs> this um i just thought the storytelling was really good i thought they could do a lot more um i hope that they I hope that they get better, and I think they will in terms of... I just don't like the cinematography that much. Yeah. But I love the storytelling, and I love the characters. The actors did a really good job. Yeah, I I don't remember that first episode grabbing me very visually either, so that's interesting. Um, but I love, the, I love the bold choice they went on ending on a low note, where it seemed like they're all just going to gang up on, uh, on Raven. Um, so I thought that was a really bold choice. They didn't overcome the villainy at the end. Even though they did it so easily the entire season, huh. so it was a little. I don't hate. I don't hate the show by any means. It's actually one of my favorite shows of last year, and I'm I'm looking forward to all the other ones. But the the way they did it could I think it had definitely had some you know places to learn from. So I hope when they do go into next season, they have, you know, they have that more taken into consideration or control or whatever. Interesting. It was really good. Well, I'm gonna give it its five episodes. We'll see. We'll see what what goes on. For sure. But I hear it gets really good, especially towards the end. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. I think my favorite like comic booky thing about it was, I mean, all of it. They, they all the visuals were very comic booky. But I love when Starfire, um, you know, starts to get things and that because I, you know, you, you've seen the first episode, yeah, yeah. so, um, and she gets she finds her spaceship and shit, and so it's you know it, it starts to expand like immensely quick. So gotcha. that's really cool. Nice. Oh, that was good. All right. Cool. Cool. Okay. My number three. Uh, for number three, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Mm. Do you watch Atlanta? I haven't. You should. I know. I haven't, had a watch, I haven't watched a lot of TV. So there's two seasons so far. I'm okay. waiting on season three. Um, and season two... Well, first of all, there's... Are you familiar at all with what the show is in general? Yes, I, I enjoyed the premise, and that's and I do want to watch it. So, Donald Glover, who's you know instrumental in, in almost every aspect of the show, yeah, describes it as uh, Twin Peaks with rappers, <laughs> and and it's kind of that, but <laughs> but even that leaves a lot out because this show every every episode feels entirely unique and standalone mm-hmm. almost on the same level as like a black mirror episode you know oh every, interesting every episode is so self-contained and compact and 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 it has a, a it always tells a brilliant short story every episode and yet they're all 
one story. They're all the story of this particular group of characters. Like it's not an it's not a, a, a an anthology show like Black Mirror is, and yet every episode feels that way. Like there are things that are so surreal that they only exist in that one episode, and it blows your mind. There's a joke in one episode about how there's a dude that's so rich that that has stuff that's so cool that he has an invisible car. <laughs> And everybody's like, dude, it's bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, for real, man. He's got an invisible car. And then sure enough, that episode ends with a shootout happening at a nightclub. And you hear tires screech. And then you see somebody get hit and fly into the air. But there was no car. There was just a dude sitting in a chair. Oh, my God. There was just a dude sitting. <laughs> it was like uh, like Wonder Woman. Yeah. And her invisible jet. <laughs> There was just a dude flying through the air. That's crazy. And an invisible car hits the and and you're just like, what? Like this so what is this show I'm watching? And then on another episode, they will uh, give you black Justin Bieber. Oh my god. And you're just like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, it's Justin Bieber. He's exactly the same as the Justin Bieber you know, but he's black. And that changes what just what this Justin Bieber can get away with or not. You know what I'm saying? Because crazy, he's not yeah. a little white kid anymore. Now he's a black dude. So like it plays with reality. It messes with your head. And yet it is very honest and just bare. Just like there's an uh, there's another episode where Donald Glover uh, pulls an Eddie Murphy and <laughs> goes into makeup and becomes this almost Michael Jackson like character. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like white, the hair, the whole thing, oh. the the face that looks like he's had a lot of surgery, you know. Uh, but it's Donald Glover, <laughs> and he's playing this this eccentric, you know, rich guy who's creepy and. And they do an entire episode where one character from our show is trapped in a house with that guy. Oh my god. You know, it might as well be a horror movie. Right. That episode. That one episode is the most terrifying horror movie ever. Oh, Jesus. You know. And then another episode is uh, a, the, the rapper character of the show is on an interview on an interview show. Yeah. And he's there with you know this white lady that's saying the dumbest shit <laughs> and and the host that's trying to keep everything PC and he's just like this is stupid you guys are so dumb what is this bullshit like he can't deal with how ridiculous this shit is and he doesn't have like that filter that most artists put on so yeah. like he's just being himself on this show it just just it's taking it off the rails. That's funny. But but he's right. Everything he's saying is right. <laughs> but he's derailing the whole show. And and so that show might as well be a sitcom comedy, you know what I'm saying? So like it's so versatile. Every episode it changes your the, I the love mood. That. Uh and it's just it's this really, really interesting show about people living in Atlanta trying to make it like Donald Glover's character. Uh, you know he's got a, a a baby with this uh, woman who's he, he they've had kind of a torrid love affair like they're an off again on okay. again kind of thing right right and you know now they have a kid so they're forever in each other's lives but they're not together but they are 
You know how that like how oh, those yeah. relationships can be really complicated like that. Yeah, that relationship is fascinating to me. And then he leaves her house supposedly to go back home, but home for him is a storage unit that he rents out. He's homeless. Oh shit! Like Donald Glover plays a homeless guy. Who's just trying to make it in the music industry as a manager for this rapper? That's crazy, who, you know. And the only reason he can do that is because the dude's related to him. <laughs> if he wasn't related to him, he wouldn't have this job. And so he has to like earn his place in that job, yeah, and become good at what he does because he's not good at what he does at <laughs> first. So it's it's just outstanding. It's a great show, and I recommend you watch it immediately. It's only two okay. seasons; they're short, and I have no idea what season three will be like. But it's, it's so, so good. Superb. That's my number three. That's fantastic, man. Atlanta. Um, I have one more before, well, I have one more, which would be my number one. And uh, so I don't have did, five. Did we have any like crisscross or something? What happened? No, actually, I just. Oh, you didn't have I five. Didn't have, I didn't have five. That's okay. You had four? Uh, I had four. So um, I'm just going to quickly mention my honorable mentions well, to kind you, of fill wouldn't the void. Your honor, wouldn't your honorable mentions. Because they weren't that either? great. <laughs> <laughs> but I enjoyed watching them. So they're not good enough to be your number five. Because I don't have. Five is empty, but you still have empty. honorable mentions. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh, I have two of them. <laughs> we're, we're in for some quality television here, guys. Let's see what he's got. <laughs> Go. I've got two Netflix shows. Okay. And um, <laughs> one of them is Iron Fist. No! <laughs> yes. So Iron Fist Season 2 was an honorable mention for me. <laughs> Why? Because it was just better than Season 1. That's and not that's a high mark. I know. Not... <laughs> I know. Dude, I liked Colleen's, uh, Colleen's over arc. I, I, uh, I gave Season 2... I was going to give it the five episodes. I think I made it three. Oh, man. At, and at the end of three, I was just like, no. <laughs> so I feel like I kind of missed out um, and on TV this year. This yeah, it's, year. it's just because... like. I sat I made myself sit through season one because I kept telling myself it's gonna get better it's gonna get better and then it never did yeah and then so I was like but then he was handled better in Luke Cage he had that episode of Luke Cage where I was like yo that's Danny Rand where has he been all Mm -hmm. my life and so that's why I gave season two another chance ah but Uh, yeah yeah it was not it was not any better than, uh, than season one for me. And Any better? No. I feel like it was better. I thought it was just as bad. The okay. fight scenes were just as bad. It's they, they here's the thing I'll say about the fight scenes in season two. You could tell that he trained harder, he trained longer, yeah. and he did a lot more of his own stuff. However, they still had to downplay that stuff for him to be able to do it. So in other words, they had to they had to lower the capabilities of the master of all kung fu. <laughs> and they, had they, to depower they like basically Superman. had to make him a street boxer <laughs> because that's what he was doing for most of, of those fight scenes that I saw. Was, Crazy. He, was, he was boxing. The dude was throwing punches back to back. There wasn't a lot of kicks. There wasn't a lot of block. There wasn't a lot of anything else. He was just kind of boxing back and forth. And it's because that's all they could get out of this actor. So after three episodes of that, I was like, I, 
I sat through too much bullshit like, <laughs> in season one. I'm not going to do it again. Gotcha. I, I couldn't do it. So I'm so sorry that that's one of your honorable mentions. That's <laughs> You did not watch good television last year. Clearly. <laughs> you um, didn't watch Atlanta. Get caught up on Better Call Saul. Yeah. You priorities here, bro. I know. <laughs> I know. You can tell you, you can tell I'm more of a sucker for the comic booky things. Yeah, but see that's the thing is that comic book TV is has not yet gotten to the point where comic book movies have. Yeah, fair um, enough. Now, I'll 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 say this Daredevil season 3 is is my honorable mention, my one and only honorable mention. Interesting. And it's I think maybe the best season of that show. And that's hard to say because season one was basically perfect for me. Right. I have no complaints whatsoever about season one. Uh, so for me to say that season three might be better, that's huge. And that's why it's my only honorable mention. Interesting. But it's still a Netflix Marvel show, which puts it far below most of the shows that I actually watch. Mm-hmm. Because they just haven't... They, they never really... Um, they never really de- delivered on the promise of the potential of Daredevil Season 1. Agreed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Daredevil Season 1 was Batman Begins. Yes. And we were all like, yo, that's dope. But here's the thing. Take it up a few notches. And then Dark Knight came out and you were like, damn! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, for them for to sure. give us Batman Begins for Daredevil Season 1, we were like, that's awesome. Kick it up a few notches. And then Season 2 came out and we were like, okay, good start with Frank Castle. Yeah. But then you didn't stick the landing. And then Season 3 comes out and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. More Season 1 stuff. Okay, we're back to the Batman Begins. Great. You still haven't stepped it up <laughs> I see what you're saying. They never made it to Dark Knight. They stayed in Batman Begins. Gotcha. So... That's why it's just honorable mentions. The, the the Marvel TV shows just never really, never really reached the heights that they could have, and uh, you know Kevin Feige didn't have much, if anything, to do with those shows. And true, uh, <clears throat> his his magic, you know, thumbprint wasn't there. But um, I mean, as as we've seen with other Marvel movies, like what I'm going to talk about later, yeah, uh, it he doesn't have to be involved to have a great Marvel movie or show. So this is like true. they had this potential that they never really reached. Yeah, I agree. And you see that even with the other thing the other movies that are not, you know, directly from Marvel, just how it you know, we've said this before, but like they they kind of already create this establishment where just like you either you know it's gonna be good or it has to be good because right. it's got their name on it. Exactly. So and your other honorable mention? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay. I've actually heard good shit about this. Yes. Um, it's a it's a little weird that it's on your list, but okay. It's well, a little weird. Tell me about it. Because <laughs> so Sabri- because I like um because I like the comic that she comes from. Gotcha. Um I wanted to I wanted to watch this because it seemed like it was gonna be a horror TV show. And it was like it felt, it felt comic booky, right. which I like, but the horror was somehow um, eclipsed by the comic bookiness of it all. Okay, so they so, so they leaned a little too much on the comic book, and they 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 suffered a little bit with the horror aspect. Yes, but I but they were they were in many ways um, 
horror, right? So like there was some great there was some great like creepiness to it, and you know how the how the witchcraft you know kind of works was 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 really quite good. Um, so it, I thought um, I, I thought overall it was. I mean, of course, it's you know it's Sabrina the Teenage Witch, so it's uh, you know it's a teeny bopper kind of show. Yeah, it's for kids. <clears throat> but um, I was just I was just fascinated on what they'd done with the characters and how they did the two aunts. And um, you know Salem is is going to be very interesting when they when they move into the next season. Hopefully they do. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I just thought it was good. I thought it was a fun little thing to watch with uh, my girl. So. Um, and uh, it was okay. I mean, um, it like didn't scare me. Sounds as like much. something my sister would really like. Ah. She she still kind of uh, gravitates to a lot of the uh, the. the younger TV shows like that mm. um, she, she you know she she finds the quality in their storytelling it so. was decent it was right decent on. so honorable mention right on okay well I gave my honorable mention so my two and my one okay uh, so for number two I have Ozark okay um, Ozark is a Netflix show uh, it stars Jason Bateman and ah, yes. Laura Linney and uh, <clears throat> in both of their best performances ever i think really um jason bateman plays this uh accountant okay and uh and he's very uh he's emotionally like calloused okay like he doesn't show a lot of emotion on his face Mm -hmm. and um it's it's very often very difficult for you as the viewer and the characters on the show to read what's going on in his head. Okay. Because he just doesn't... If, if he's freaking out in yeah. there, he doesn't let you know. He's got a really strong poker face. Ah. And so, <clears throat> so this guy, he's this accountant, and him and his bestie have started this you know accounting firm, and his bestie at some point brought in a very high-profile client, but this high-profile client just happens to be one of the, you know, top uh, generals in the uh, Mexican cartels. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) So they start essentially laundering money for this, you know, cartel. Um, And so the first episode begins at a point in the story where they've already been doing this for a long time. Huh. Uh, so it's kind of like starting Breaking Bad in season four and then doing like five seasons of that. Like, let's see where that goes, right? Oh, shit, okay. So yeah. you start the the show. He's already in this world. He already, you know, is well aware of, of the danger that he's in. And, uh, and it starts out with his partner getting caught stealing from the cartel. So everybody gets killed. And to save his life, he goes for a Hail Mary... And pitches an idea to this uh, cartel leader dude. And he's like, hey man, you still need your money laundered. He was the problem, not me. I'm good at what I do. You trust me. Let me go to this place that's like a gold mine that nobody's touching right now. And uh, the thing is, it's bullshit. Like, (laughs) it's not really a gold mine. That place sucks, but it's just the only place that he could think of in the moment. And so that's where they end up in the Ozarks. Ah. And so he has to come to this uh, beachfront community, this very, very small town of like, uh, uh, it's a seasonal place where, you know, people come down in the summer and the rest of the year there's nothing there. Nothing. 
and he has to launder millions and millions of dollars through that place. And so it's it's almost as if you were watching Breaking Bad through Saul's, you know, story. But Saul was playing the Walter White, you know, piece. Uh, so the whole thing about him like not showing a lot of emotion is really interesting because sometimes he's in extremely dangerous situations where yeah. he could very well die and he seems to be totally chill <laughs> and you're like what the fuck is he gonna do right. because you can't read him so that like everything he does is always very surprising um <laughs> it's really cool also because his wife is in on it and his kids very quickly find out oh, and so it almost becomes like a like a crime family drama you know you have a fa- you have a family drama you have a crime drama this is a crime family drama <laughs> and uh and you know the toll that it takes on the kids and uh you know how the wife steps up in moments where she needs to and how their partnership is extremely rocky and needs to solidify it's a great show it's had two seasons yeah i'm waiting for season three season one uh, was was a lot of fun and really exciting, and then season two gave you like The Sopranos. It get, it just it goes to the next level in season two, okay. and, and you just had you had no idea the potential of the show when you watched that season one. Huh. It's that much better, and it was already great in season one. So, highly recommended. That's my number two. Is Ozark. Nice. Uh, it's also like produced and often directed by Jason Bateman, so I find it very interesting that it's such a dark and serious show. Yeah, and it kind of shows a different side to Jason Bateman. He's done dramatic roles before, right? But for him to be on the creative end of it, and for it to be that kind of intense, is is really really interesting. Ah. I think it's a new side to Jason Bateman that we don't really know about, and uh, and I, I I like it. I want more of it. Nice. And my number one is Mr. Robot. <laughs> okay. I've spoken to you about Mr. Robot before. Yes. yes. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too deep into it here. Uh, it's my number one because it is it is for me the new show that has taken over the that top spot that Breaking Bad left off. And that spot, as good as Better Call Saul is, it, it does not fill the spot that Breaking Bad had in, in my eyes. Okay. Where Breaking Bad was flawless. From beginning to middle to end, there is not a single scene in that series that I would remove. Right. There is nothing that I consider filler. There is nothing that I consider uh, uh, subpar to the rest of the season. It is always as good as it should be or way, way better. And that's what Mr. Robot is. It is always as good as it should be or it's way, way better. You you, uh, come into the show and you think you know what you're going to watch. A show about hackers. That's not what you're here to watch. You find out, oh, I'm watching a show about a guy who's, who's... schizophrenic mm. and has mental issues and this is a show about mental issues but then you realize no it's it's not about that either and then you're like oh this is a show about a group of people who are changing the world forever because the world is fucked up 
and and yeah, it is about that, but it's also not about that at all. Oh it's also God. and so as you keep going, <laughs> yes, you, the show is not about anything. You're just watching these characters live in this crazy world and how they affect it and how it affects them and how there's always somebody higher up on the food chain playing God and playing chess with everybody else. But there's always somebody above that guy who's playing God and playing chess above him. Mm-hmm. And it on and on it goes forever. It's just this immense, uh, just intense look at our society now and what technology is doing to it and both good and bad. Because as much as there are these evil dudes who are just taking advantage of people and making millions and millions of dollars on all this, you know, you know, this iPad that I'm using today that was made by people who probably suffered a lot to make it, you know, and are getting paid shit. And these executives are making millions of dollars just so I can fucking watch YouTube while I'm on the john. Like, there's that. Yeah. But there's also revolutions being fought through Twitter. True. There's also uh, organizations like Anonymous and other hacker groups that are unveiling truths about the people in power that we didn't know about. There's there's all this there's all this good fight being done through the same technology that these evil people are uh, are hmm. benefiting from. So you're okay. get, you're getting both sides of everything in this show. <clears throat> and at the same time, you're getting a show that is nostalgic for movies like uh, Back to the Future and and these things that, that uh, from our past that have formed us as a society. Okay. It, it, it harkens back to those things with, with love. And, you know, there's an episode where Alf shows like Alf <laughs> shows up in an episode of Mr. Robot and you're just like. Dude, Alf! I remember Alf! I used to love Alf! This is awesome! Is he gonna eat a cat? What's gonna happen? Like, it's so charming in that way, and the actors are so good that no matter what situation they're in, they they just act the shit out of it. Everybody's on their game. And uh, it is the vision, the single vision of a single creator, much like Breaking Bad was, uh, Vince Gilligan always gives a lot of credit to his writer's room and of course they deserve all the credit in the world but Vince Gilligan was the mastermind of Breaking Bad and and that was his baby and uh, I mean he, he directed the pilot and he directed the finale he like it that's his show from beginning to end right and so this show belongs to this dude Sam Esmail okay. he writes it he directs uh, a lot of it. In fact, all of season two, he he directs the, every episode in season two. Uh, he <clears throat> he uh, uh, produces it like it's his baby. And then because it's a show about hackers, and because it's a show about how, what technology has done to us now, it knows that anything on the screen is something that people can look to and look up. Mm-hmm. So if there's a phone number. On a post-it note on a fridge in a dude's apartment in the show. Yeah. And somebody can freeze frame that shot and read that number. Right. Then you better be damn sure that that number goes somewhere. Yeah. He touches every single thing in this show. That's crazy. To the point where the, the hacker codes that run down the screen so fast that you can't read them, they're legit. You freeze frame them and read them. Mm-hmm. You're a hacker dude that knows what that is. Yeah. 
That's what that is. <laughs> and like I said, you find a phone number, you call it. That that phone number uh, goes to you know some uh, politician's campaign. <clears throat> but then as you're listening to their voicemail, uh, a hacker cuts in and tells you to look up this website. And then you look up that website and that sends you to this other thing where there's a video. And then that video <laughs> sends you to this other thing. And it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Every episode is like that in every scene. That's crazy. It's this huge world that actually exists that you get to watch through this uh, show Mr. Robot. It's absolutely crazy. And the fact that the That's main amazing. character is a schizophrenic makes him an, uh, an unreliable narrator. And so sometimes you're not quite sure what is real and what is not. What you're seeing is yeah, almost like a Legion. If you've seen any Legion, mm-hmm. uh, you're not always sure what you're seeing is actually real or not because you're seeing it through the eyes of a schizophrenic who might be hallucinating right now. And he does hallucinate a lot. So <laughs> so it plays with your sense of reality in that sense too. Um, by the end of the third season, there's so much to unpack and so many theories that come to mind to the point where in the show watchers community... There's an actual theory that there's time travel involved in this show and that they just haven't explained it to us yet. And if you look up all the evidence that they cite to support their idea of time travel, yeah. it's all there. <laughs> so you're like, whoa, is there time travel in this show? Is it that much of a fantastical show? Interesting. Like, it's so dense. There's so much to love about that show. Uh what else? Christian Slater in his best role ever. Um, Rami Malek just killing it in every scene that he's in. There's an episode where the entire episode from beginning to end is a one shot. Like the Daredevil hallway scenes, but the entire episode. Nice. And it's, it's an episode where uh, uh, um, a, a group of protesters explodes into a corporation's building and okay. wreak havoc through the building. Oh, okay. But it's a distraction because a hacker is trying to get something done, Ah. right? So you are following your character through the chaos of this building in a one-shot. But you know that it's not actually a one-shot because they do impossible things. Like the character goes over to the table and sits at the computer and starts typing. The camera is above his head looking down on him, right? Okay. So while he's doing that, a fairly boring thing that's mm-hmm. not very cinematic, the camera slides through the wall outside the building looking down tw- 30, 40 stories to the ground where the protesters are rioting. Just checking back in on that, showing you what's yeah. going on with that. And then it slides back into the building <laughs> and goes back to focusing on the character who's just wrapping up what they were doing on the computer. And now they're on to the next thing and they follow it up. They do impossible things that you know. It, there's no way it's actually a one shot. But show me a cut. There is no cut through the entire episode. They air the entire episode commercial free. Because of the fact that it's this chaotic one shot that just has your heart racing the entire time. And that's one episode. So, Jesus, it's my number one. It's a perfect show. The music, the performances, the writing, everything about it is outstanding. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. It's the new Breaking Bad. Nice. I, you have sold me on all of the shows that you've explained 
<laughs> up to now. They, they were there were some really good seasons last year, man. There were some really good shows, and I know and I know that uh, that the the instinct for us comic geeks is to is to reach out for those uh, comic booky shows, and yeah. it's because we didn't have them for so long, and now there's so many of them that you're like, oh, I gotta watch them all. Yes, <laughs> but but you don't because there are so many of them, but they're not all good. I wanted to actually watch Runaways and Cloak and Dagger. I've seen several episodes of each of their first seasons, and they are outstandingly good shows. And I haven't been able to finish them because my method of watching them like was no longer available to me. Mm. Um, so until I can uh, join Hulu and also join uh, the the Marvel app or whatever it is, whenever that comes out, like as soon as I'm able to join all of these things so yeah. I can stream all of these <laughs> amazing shows, then I'll get caught up on Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and stuff like that. And 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 there there are good comic book shows to be watched, but. I'm not going to sit through a whole season of Iron Fist when it's already let me down not once but twice uh if you count the defenders. Yeah. Like I'm not sitting through a third season of Iron Fist if they're still not nailing it. By now they should be nailing it and they're not. Bye. Cut it out. Got like it. I I already gave it too much of my time. <laughs> so uh and you know like uh Jessica Jones season 1 I love. I think season 1 is great as good as Daredevil season 1. I agree. Jessica Jones season 1 is outstanding. I don't know if season two is as good as season one or not because I've seen the first couple episodes and it didn't grab me. And the, it, the story just did not grab me. I did not make it to episode. Mm-hmm. I think I don't. I didn't make it to episode four. I just. I, I there's too much good shit to watch. I gotta watch Atlanta. <laughs> I gotta watch Mr. Robot. I gotta watch Better Call Saul. Like I'm not gonna waste my time on on a second Jessica Jones if it's not outstanding from the beginning. Gotcha. No matter how much I love the character. Or Marvel comics in general. As much of a DC fanboy as you are, I am a Marvel zombie. Yeah, I have no always been a Marvel zombie. I am here for Marvel. <laughs> like I, I could not be more happy with the movies that they have been putting out lately. Agreed. Uh, their shows are the better shows of the two companies so far. But they're still not that great. Uh, they have high points, though, that I like catching. Like... Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is by no means one of my top shows. I, I'm not a big fan of that show. But they have a great take on Ghost Rider. That's true. They freaking nailed that character. And they had a whole half a season with him. So I went back for that. And I loved that whole half a season with Ghost Rider. I was there. As soon as his story wrapped, I bounced back out again. Because <laughs> they, they have their moments where they are just nailing some shit. And yeah. I'm, I'm there for it. But uh, but they're just not on the level. Uh, their TV shows are not on the level of Ozark, and you know I would agree with that. The Good Place and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. there's just too much good stuff to watch, man. There is, there is. You know, my my wife and I have uh, an hour or two every night, uh, depending on whether or not I work overnight that night or not. Okay. Uh, once the kid goes to bed, we have an hour or two to watch a show or a movie. Okay. And so like we've been doing this where we'll start a show and we and that's the show we watch. Anytime we have time in front of the TV, that's the show we're watching guaranteed. No doubt. Until it's done. It's done, next show. Okay. So um and then there's stuff that like we'll freak out and we can't finish. Like uh Haunting at Hill House. Mm. Have you seen any of that? I haven't. 
It's creepy as fuck. I bet. It's really I've creepy. Heard. We saw the pilot episode, and I'm like, yo, this is awesome. It's really <laughs> creepy. I mean, she's like, it's too scary. It gave me nightmares. We can't watch that anymore. I'm like, babe, <laughs> it's a show. You're going to be fine. Like, nope. Nightmares. No good. So, gotcha. So there's, there's shows we jump off like that, but otherwise, I mean, there's just too much good shit to watch, man. Agreed. Agreed. So finally, as we close it out on TV, my la- my number one was Daredevil season three. It was your honorable mention. Yeah. So and I and and I did uh, talk it up. So I didn't mention anything when you had talked about it. I I love that season, dude. So season three was absolutely amazing, and it left me feeling genuinely satisfied. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the very end of it, it touched on every point it was a complete story yeah if they decided to end it and they did but you know had they had it you know even moved on it would have been still a complete thing so i thought i just loved it so much my favorite points of the story of the season were uh bullseye yeah his fight scenes that first one oh dude in the fucking oh my god in the office yes and oh. he throws the thing and daredevil just bam right in front of his face he catches it yeah i was like this and, shit right here they have that stare down <laughs> yes. that classic western stare down and then draw and they start throwing shit at each other You're oh just like, holy shit Dude, when that was amazing, and I love how like when they start out, Daredevil goes straight in for for the close up, and they're and they're and close up, Daredevil's got it. <coughs> he's he's the fighter. He's beating the shit out of uh, uh, totally of, of Bullseye in the Daredevil suit. But then, as soon as Bullseye is able to get some distance on him, then it's a whole different game. I know because now you're in an office, and everything can kill you. Exactly, the pen can kill you. The stapler can kill you. The scissors can kill you. Yes. The computer monitor can kill you. <laughs> kill like exactly. everything in the office is deadly, and you had no idea. Oh because man, because it's deadly in the hands of Bullseye. Yes, and this he grabbed. He a, threw the um the, the baseball. I think it was a paperweight. It was a paperweight. He grabs a paperweight yes. and he, and he launches it. It hits the wall, it. banks on him, and it hits oh. him in the back of the head. When it hit, there, oh. it was like in the temple, I think. It, yeah. hit. it hit him hard. Yeah. Boom. And like rings his whole head. And oh, like, man. That fight scene was the shit. Oh. That was so good. Yes, you know what was. else was really good that season? The fucking... Uh, one shot in the prison. Oh, yes. Because they were like... I was like, this is the new hallway scene. Oh, dude. But not only that, it's escalated. True. Because season one, it was the hallway scene. And it was literally one hallway, three doors, and f- everybody fights it out. And then season two, it was a hallway and a staircase. And it was just, you know, several floors of let's fight it out. Right. And now this one, they're like, okay. Oh, and they also threw in in season two the prison fight scene. With, with Frank. Punisher, yes. it wasn't a one shot, but it was. No, a, but it was. A but big, it was a big, thing. Yeah, it was a big, big fight scene. A stand. So then they put those two together, and they were like, "Okay, let's do a one a shot in the <laughs> prison, yeah. all up and down the floors, through the courtyard, out, you know, all the way out the door." Totally. It doesn't quit until he gets in the cab, and the cab speeds away, and even then, you can hear punches being thrown. Right. Like it's mayhem it's so crazy and i know that there's a couple of shots in that one shot where it's obvious that it's not charlie cox it's a stunt guy and he's covering his face but like the fact that they 
that they pull that shit off where they switch the cowboys uh, I forget what it's called it's, it's called the cowboy switch I think it's called oh. something like that where uh, the actor drops out of frame and in pops up uh, a stuntman okay. and then the stuntman pops out of frame and the actor comes back and like and supposedly it's seamless like you can see them do it but it doesn't matter because it's such a huge sequence that right. you're like, this shit is crazy. He kicks the bed <laughs> yeah. to hit the guy in the head on the other side and he's blind. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> I, it was just, yeah, exactly. I can't, I, I'm visually picturing it and yeah, he is as accurate as a character like Bullseye and so that little thing right there where he kicks the end of the bed yeah it's just like it's 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 just a testament to how good he is yeah. and how good the you know the two are together when they when they go up against each other oh. and just yeah oh my god I just I could not have been more excited about that, and I really like what they did with uh, the FBI agent. Who yes, tr- just trying to be a good man, but he's fucking everything up. And yes. then he re- and then he's trapped working for Fisk, oh and he doesn't want to, but he has to because yes. everyone does. The first exactly. time they say we refer to him as Kingpin, I was like, "Get it, yeah. <laughs> get that shit." Yes. Oh my god, absolutely. And so and that's another little thing where it's like when it gets comic booky, I love it. They're they're Cuz it's just the cylinders. right amount exactly. of comic book. It was just the right amount. Everything touched on it and the fa- and if <coughs> if uh if the actor uh Vincent D'Onofrio uh, oh. if he wasn't such a good um Wilson he's, Fisk, he's so fucking good. He, that probably wouldn't have resonated, but because he's so fucking good, and I just it was great. I was. I loved it. We have to give Vincent D'Onofrio all the credit in the world, and and yet we have to give, uh, uh, what's his name? Matt, Matthew Cox. Is that his name? Yes. No, Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Of course. How could I forget my son's name? <laughs> so Charlie Cox. We have to give him just as much credit because if Vincent D'Onofrio is as amazing as he is as Fisk. And then Charlie Cox is not a believable daredevil. Yes. It all falls apart. It sure does. But he is so Matt Murdock, it kills me. Yes. He's, he's <laughs> yes. so perfect. He's the best casting of any of those Marvel television shows. He deserves a spot in the movies alongside the other guys. I agree. As does Vincent D'Onofrio. I agree. Fold them into the movie universe. Pretend it was like that all along. And we'll go with it. Because I'm already those, down. those yeah. dudes are there, man. Yeah. And, and the, oh my god. Bro, the final fight scene between the three of them, oh. Bullseye, Fisk, and Daredevil. Yes. And when and then Fisk takes out uh, Bullseye, breaks his back on the wall, and then it's just him and Daredevil. Dude, when it gets to the point where Daredevil is just wailing on him, and he's screaming, and he's screaming, yes. and he wants to snap yes. his neck so bad, but he shouldn't because <laughs> you don't get to destroy who I am. Exactly. And that thing where he says, this city beats you, I beat you. <laughs> when he screams, I beat you yeah. in Wilson Fist's face, I got chills. Yeah. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I know. Three oh, seasons of this and the, the way that they all tied back everything with his suit and 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 Fisk being the main opposition uh-huh. again and all this stuff. Even bringing back uh, things about uh, um, uh, Karen killing, uh, what's his face? 
I forgot his name. Uh, Fisk's right-hand guy. Yes. Um, uh, Wesley. Wesley. Yes. The murder of Wesley coming back and being like this huge thing that happens on the show. I loved it, man. Like they, they brought everything back. They tied everything up in a neat little bow. Like you said, if it had continued, it would have had great places to go. Yeah. But having ended there is perfect as well because it's a perfect bookend to the first season. You have this great little chaotic middle with... Uh, uh, Punisher and Elektra, mm-hmm. and on the and on the two ends of the of, of the of the shelf, you've got season one and season two, three, which are the, just this perfect Wilson Fisk epic. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Again, when he screams, "I beat you!" Holy shit! Uh, that was very. That was incredibly gripping. That was a great yeah. fucking season, dude. And uh, and so just and the the last high point was the whole master plan of Wilson Fisk. I love a good story that has a that yes. has a master plan on it. Yes. And just the 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 feeling of this this little wrinkle of it being very approachable and it's like like simplistic the simplicity of just like he's got everyone in his pocket. Yeah. And he gets more people in his pocket as it goes along. Oh, dude. Felt so approachable, but yet the magic trick, in my opinion, is that, and then it being so out of reach. Yeah. Because he's literally he he literally made the FBI his his bitch. Yeah. The the yes. feds royally. Yes. So that part was just so gripping. It was they, it was so they fascinating. Were, they were his bodyguards. The FBI was Wilson Fisk's bodyguards. Yes. What? That's how that's how much he made them the, his bitch. And and oh dude the scene yeah. where uh <laughs> what's his name uh is it Nadine when Nadine, Nadine yes. mm-hmm. brings the case to his superiors and he's like yo this is what's going on and I think oh that Dex God. is his assassin and all flip. this shit is going down and then his boss kills his yes, other boss kills exactly and then frames him for it on the tape and goes, you work for Fist now. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woo. Dude, they, they, were just, they knew exactly what they were doing on that season. Bro. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing. And they nailed it. They did. I, I was along for all of it. I was along for the ride. That was such a great season. And I'm glad. I'm glad that if if it had to go, it went out on top like that. Agreed. Because it started out as the best Netflix show, and it's going to wrap it up as the best Netflix show. The only thing, the only Netflix show that contends with Daredevil Season 1 is Punisher Season 1. But Daredevil, I'll give you that. But Daredevil was so, was so good and did it first yeah. that because of... It did it first. It's it was still on top. Okay, right? and then Daredevil, and then uh, sorry, Punisher season two just came out. Yes, and it's great, but Agreed. it's not as good as season one. I'll give you that. My, my, I'll give you that. Micro is sorely missed. Yeah, and uh, and I love where it ends. Me too. I love the possibility of where it can go next. Ah, uh, but at the end of the day, it's season one was better, which still means that Daredevil is the better show. Right. So like, for it to to. To come back and be that good again in its <laughs> yeah. final in its final season, like, and Marvel did say they look forward to working with these guys in the future. So I don't know, yeah, if they're if they are going to fold them into the movies, if they're going to bring it to the Disney app, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I hope that that's not the last we see of Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. I agree because, damn, they were good. They really were. 
they were the shit, dude. I yeah, and I could, and I think you know we couldn't say more things, um, yeah. but like it was just that good. So that kind of wraps up my number yeah. one for TV. I like it. 